Good afternoon, CFSL, and welcome to the Brother Sim. Today, it's really just me and my co-host. We don't have any guests lined up for today. Um, so, Adam, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be here to talk about week two action and talk about what we're going to see coming up this week for week three. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to kick this off with the PRI. And, and like we said, we always start at the back end. So, you know, coming in at number 15 and actually dropping nine spots was Pitt, which was a little surprising to see. But number 14, Oklahoma, and they jumped up five spots from last week. Ohio State states it's at 13, dropping two spots from last week. Boise stays at number 12, and Auburn drops three spots to number 11. Now, Adam, give me your thoughts on this group of five right here. I mean, Pitt dropping nine spots after a really close loss to Florida State really just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. What do you see in here? Well, I mean, I... I really don't see too many other teams that in that group that I could swap out, you know, and say, oh, well, Pitt deserves to be ahead of this one. Pitt deserves to be ahead of that one. I mean, it was a really good game. They, they put a hell of a performance on against Florida State. But I, I don't see anybody else on here really to put behind them just based on, you know, what these, who these other teams have played and what they've done. So, I, I mean, them in the top 15, that's, you can't really be mad about it. Yeah. <clears throat> you look at this middle group though, and we talk about teams that, I mean, just for me, I, I I think Ohio State, maybe even Boise, could be behind Pitt. Um, but this middle group here, you, you got number ten is North Carolina. They jump up seven spots, uh, making their debut into the top fifteen this week. Um, Georgia drops six spots to number nine. OK State jumps seven spots to number eight. Texas jumps three spots to number seven. And Illinois jumps three spots to number six. That's a big jump for North Carolina and to see them into the top ten after uh, after this past week's game. What did, what did you think of this middle group? Well, I mean, again, from where we're at right now, we've only got two weeks' worth of, of data to, to go off of for the PRI. I don't really see too many too many spots that I could argue with. I, I think North Carolina should be somewhere, you know, up around that area. They they've shown that they're not regressing quite as bad as we thought they would this season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty odd. I, Illinois being at the top of the 
of the pile right now, just based off of, you know, who they played and things like that. There's probably a few spots in that 10 to, to six range where you could rotate a couple of those guys around. But overall, I think, you know, as far as being in that group, just about everybody in that group deserves to be there. Yeah. And I, now we look at the top five and Notre Dame moves up two spots to number five. Florida State actually drops two spots to number four. Kentucky moves up two spots to number three. Florida moves up two spots to number two. And then Miami stays at number one. What do you think about Florida State being behind Kentucky and uh, dropping two spots this past week? Yeah, I'd, uh, I don't – I wouldn't have Florida State behind Kentucky just because the level of competition that's been played. Yeah, Kentucky's done their job, and they've done what they were supposed to do against the teams they've played, but that level of competition hasn't been the same level of competition that Florida State's had to go up against. Yeah. I mean – yeah, they played West Virginia and blew West Virginia out. But from what I've seen in the first two weeks, West Virginia is not where we thought they were going to be going into this season either. Yeah. They're, they're not the team that, at least as of this point, not the team that we thought they were going to be going into this season. I mean, quite a few of us that have been on, on, on this podcast and, you know, ourselves included – we're pretty optimistic of of West Virginia this season. And so far, I mean, they had a really close game with, what was it, Kent? Yeah. I mean, Kent. And then got blown out and by And then got blown, yeah. I mean, got, got beat mercifully, or unmercifully, should I say. And, uh, by Kentucky, so I just uh, as far as level of competition, I I'd have Kentucky in the top five, but they'd be sitting at five. Yeah, personally. Yeah, and then and I think that's rightfully so. Notre Dame's played uh, probably some tougher competition. Mm-hmm. Um, FSU surely has played better competition. Um. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, Florida at number two. I like it. Um, obviously, Miami's at number one. The only team, I mean, they they beat OK State week one. They dethroned them, and, and you're the champs until until yeah. you're beaten, and then that team becomes the <laughs> new champ um, or new number one. We'll say that. Yeah, and, they, and they, uh, they've taken care of business yeah. both weeks. Yeah. Which you know brings us right into week two action, uh, which kicked us off Miami at Georgia. Uh, Miami comes away with that win, fifty-one twenty-eight. Um, what do you think of that game? I I thought it'd be a little closer of a game. Yeah. Honestly, I I thought Georgia was at you know at a level, you know, I think. I felt like they would ascend to to that next level this season, and that being, if that were the case, they would have held up a, probably a little better against Miami. I mean that's a that's a tough that's a tough card to draw 
That yeah. that Miami team is just they're they're so good. It it makes you question if they're that good or <laughs> if if the teams they're playing just just aren't living up to their potential. You know, ourselves included. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how how this goes once they get into conference play and start playing. You know, some of their tougher conference opponents. Yeah. You know, so the next game was Boise at Oklahoma State, um, and and this was a a really good game between two really good opponents. Um, OK State takes the win, 28-21, and we're not going to talk too much about this one just because it's our own game. Um, but I got to give credit to Boise; they played a hell of a game. Yeah, their defense their defense played very well. Yeah, they they. They showed up in that game and, and really pressed the issue to, to try and win it and, uh, you know, fall by one score. Moving yeah. on to UNC at NIU, 48-21 UNC. There were things that I liked in this game from North Carolina. Then there were things that I didn't like. Um, I, mean, I think defensively, uh, UNC could have done a little bit better. Um, I think this is a game where UNC should have come out in this one and won by more than uh, I get 27 points. It's a pretty good thrashing in the CFSL. But I almost feel like they should have mercyed NIU to, to really make the, um, the PRI recognize how talented UNC really is. And I think if you took the UNC from last season, they probably would have mercyed NIU this year. Um, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I I don't necessarily agree with that because, I mean, we're talking about an NIU squad that has pretty well impressed, you know, with their performances the last two weeks. What they went with Georgia held what thirty to fifteen with Georgia. Yeah, I mean Georgia only beat them by fifteen, and then they hung in that game very well, and you know put on one heck of a performance. I said it last week. You know, silent and just he he's he's figuring things out. He's he's gotten better at game planning. He he's starting to understand. You know. The way things are working the league and and what you need to do with with what you have and he's done a really good job especially this season of of capitalizing on the talent that he has and and utilizing it should i say probably the a better way to say it, utilizing in, in the right way the talent that he has and I don't know that it's it's just that North Carolina's not that good. I mean, heck, Georgia put up almost 30 points on Miami. Yeah. You know, Miami only held them to two less points than what NIU held, held them to. I think it's not so much that these other teams aren't performing to to their, their – uh, What's the word? Potential. Potential, I guess. It, yeah, you could say potential. 
it, I think it's more so that NIU is it's just that good this season. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, then you had Michigan at Florida. Florida walks away with this one, thirteen to thirty-seven. Um, Twenty-four point win for for the Gators at home. This Michigan squad does not look the same as it did last season. Be I mean, if you look, go back, the last time these two played, it was in the semifinals to go to the national title game. And that game was super close, and Michigan came away with that win. This one, not as close. Uh, what are your thoughts on Michigan at Florida? Well, I mean, it is Florida. Florida's got a great squad there in Gainesville. I mean, they... Offense and defense, they're, they're, they're stacked from top to bottom. So that's a, that's a hard draw for anybody. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think we all expected a little bit of a, a regression from Michigan. We, we talked about it week before week one, before the opening week, when we had Ike on here. And he just – he thought that everybody was just – bashing Michigan and, and, you know, trying to, trying to down talk Michigan. And I think we've seen that, that, that's, that's not the case. We were just stating the fact that, you know, you're not, you don't have the, the roster that you had last season. Yeah. And, and you're struggling more against, against teams with comparable rosters now. Yeah. It's not a, you know, Michigan sucks. Oh, Basham Ike's, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. Anything like that. That's, that's not the case. You're just, you're, you're at a season right now where you're in between, you know, getting this new system of players in, you lost, you know, some very key players from the old system as well, which, you know, takes them up a whole nother level. So it's just, uh, this is just, going to be kind of a I don't want to say down year because I still think Michigan makes the playoffs I still have them as one of you know one of the top teams in, in the Big Ten one of the top three four teams in the Big Ten so I mean it's not it's not going to be a bust season for Michigan but I don't think they're going to see the success this season that they saw last season yeah and the next game uh, was on Twitch was EMU at Auburn um, Auburn comes away with this uh, this win, um, 35-47. And if you watch this game, it was a lot closer than what that score says. Um, Auburn ended up taking it uh, <coughs> and sort of walking away with it in the fourth quarter. Um, so if, if you look at just the scoreboard, you think 12-point win for Auburn. Um, EMU may not have really been in this game uh, a whole lot. But that couldn't be further from the truth because walking into the fourth quarter, I want to say EMU was winning. If you want to double-check me on that uh, for a second and third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, EMU was up walking into the fourth quarter, um, and, and then Auburn just Auburn walked just, away with yeah, it. Yeah, Auburn scored 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. To, you know, to take that lead. 
Yeah. So, I mean, this was a really, really good game, and this is one of those games that could have easily been on the list, and it may have been um, EMU at Auburn uh, for the game, game of the week. Of the week. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to impress everybody in the neighborhood, apparently. Yeah. But, I mean, kudos to EMU for, for a great game, and, and kudos to Auburn for pulling away a, a really big-time win for them because this would have been a game that, had they lost, um, I don't know if they would have been in, in, in the top 15. Yeah, possibly not. Certainly not where they were. Last week, yeah, I mean, they probably would have dropped oh, this week. Further. What they were, what tenth or eleventh this eleventh this week, eighth yeah. last week. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't have. I mean, hell, the wind made them drop. Yeah. So a loss would have definitely. I don't know if it have put them out of it, but it had put them right up there at that fourteen, fifteen spot. Yeah. What's your thoughts on on the EMU Auburn game? Well, I mean, like you said, it it started off neck and neck you know they both come out of the first quarter each team scored a touchdown emu caught a little bit more fire in the second quarter uh, uh, they scored two touchdowns to auburn's one they did the same thing in the third quarter but auburn came came to life a little more in that in that third quarter the second half was was when auburn really really started to assert themselves in this game. Yeah. Up until then, EMU was looking like they were going to walk away with it. Yeah. But Auburn scored 17 in the in the third quarter and then went and scored 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. That's uh that's going to help you come back and and you know, overcome a deficit especially when you're talking, you know, a 3 or 6 point deficit. Yeah. But it was a good game. It was, it was. And uh, move on to, to Wednesday night's games, and it's BGSU at Illinois. Illinois walks away with this one 58-7, uh, coming away with the mercy rule. Um, I really don't know what else to say about this one other than, I mean, I, I think Illinois did what they needed to do. They, they did what they're supposed to do in that game, and... and you know, if you're BGSU, you just got to look at it and say, okay, it's week two. We move on to week three and, and see who our opponent is that week and, and try and improve upon what we, uh, the things we did right and try and fix the things that we did wrong. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I agree. Illinois did what they were supposed to do. You know, you got a team like this, you should, you should mercy them. I mean, I believe that BGSU, before we started the season, when we did our our first podcast for this season. Uh, they were my my team in the MAC that I predicted to take the biggest fall. Yeah. And so far, it, it seems like that's that's kind of how it's working out. I'm I'm interested to see how these how these MAC teams perform when they get into. When they get into conference play, and and see how that how they do against you know competition that's that's a little more on their level. 
And this this was just a case of 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 the big kid beating up on the little kid. Yeah, very much so. Um, on YouTube was Texas at Bama. I think that one was on YouTube. Um, this was a really good game between these two programs. And I think this is sort of the game we all expected it to be. Both of these are high-powered offenses that's going to just sling the ball and, and, you know, 77 times or however long, how many times it was in that game. Um, these, these are programs that's going to throw the ball down the field and, and see who can just outscore their opponent. And um, I think just it was a great game between these two programs, and, and Texas just comes away with the win, 36-30, to 30, a six-point Six point win for Texas, and you know, like I said last week, if Texas beats Bama, is Texas back? What do you think, Adam? Well, I, <clears throat> I think the jury's still out on that. It, it was a it was an impressive win for Texas, but again, against an Alabama team that, for what the third, fourth week now, well, this will be the fourth week. We're talking about how this isn't this isn't the Alabama team that we were used to seeing for the past few seasons. So, uh, I mean, help, Texas Texas ran ninety one plays to Alabama's fifty seven plays. Yeah. Uh, Texas's defense did the job, and like I said before, it's last week or the week before. Texas last season. Offense wasn't wasn't an issue with Texas. You have to worry about Texas scoring. You had to worry about Texas keeping the other teams from scoring. Their de- their defense left a lot to be desired. Yeah. And I think they've they've done a really good job in the off season, moving some parts around and bringing some parts in to to fill those holes and bridge that gap that they had on defense. And we're gonna. They're gonna get they're gonna get some good tests coming up in the next few weeks. That I th- I think Alabama was a, was a good was a good game to show that they have improved. Yeah. But as far as Texas being back to you know being in the Final Four and things like that, I I think the jury's still out on that. I I, I do think with the way that this playoff system set up, they they will be a playoff team. I've just I've got to see a little bit more from some really solid competition before I can say you know that they're a deep in the playoffs team because there's going to be a bunch of playoff teams, but are you going to be a deep in the playoff type of team? Are you going to be in in the in the quarterfinals, semifinals? You know, that's 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 what I still I still like to see a little bit more before I can you know jump on that wagon yeah and going on the late games was kent at west virginia and west virginia walks out of this one 31 28 three point ball game and this is what we were talking about earlier where we feel like west virginia might have fallen off this season this is a, a kent state team that's really good and and you know, a lot of us have talked about it on the podcast, how Kent State is is probably one of the top three teams in the MAC. The problem with it, 
for West Virginia is they're not in the MAC. Yeah. And your your roster is, should be and probably is more talented than Kent State's. And for you to come out and, and win this game by three points, um, I, I think that says a lot about Kent State and what they're doing at that program. Um, but I also think it says a lot about where West Virginia sits this season. Uh, they, they really need to turn it around. And I think that this is an opportunity for them to, to look at this and say, okay, we, we squeaked to win in. We've got to change some things. Um, so hopefully, you know, Murph, you're out there listening. Hopefully you, you can dial that in. But, uh, you know, Adam, what's your thoughts? Kent State at West Virginia. Well, yeah, like I said, we, uh, we were all pretty high and optimistic about the, uh, this West Virginia team coming in this season. Murphy made some really good pickups in the off season. Did it. They did a bang up job recruiting wise. I mean, hats off to him. Hopefully in this game, he was able to see some of those holes that, you know, that I noticed and I'm sure that other ADs and, and people in the league noticed and and can, can can you move some pieces around? Can can you make those adjustments to to get yourself and and, and your team to where everybody you know thinks expected you to be? Should I say? Yeah. So I mean, and hats off to Kent State. They they battled. They they didn't go away. They 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 came into this game knowing that they were playing a better team and did not let that phase them yeah. at all. And it's just, I think, I think the depth of West Virginia came in, came into play in the second half of this game. Cause that's, they were outscored 17 to 10 in a three point game in the fourth quarter. That's, that was that was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then going on simultaneously was Pitt at Florida State. Tom has to take on um, back-to-back protégés and, uh, when he took on Michigan in week one. Now Pitt in week two with Jay Base. <clears throat> Phenomenal game plan by Pitt. And I'm super excited about what Pitt's doing this season. They come away with the loss, 59 to 63. It's a four-point loss to Tom and Florida State. But if you're Jay Basin, if you're Pitt, you've got to be happy with this with this performance. I think Pitt played a phenomenal game the whole way. They they never let up. They were in this fight the whole time. And it just came down to the last few couple minutes of this game where Florida State was able to edge it out. But this is what seconds the last few yeah. seconds of this game. Yeah, I mean this this is a game that one is game of the week material. Oh, absolutely. And and two, like I said, you know, if, if you're paid, yeah, it stings to lose, but you played a hell of a game against a very good coaching staff, a hell of a game against a very good um, Florida State team. For me, what lost Pitt this game 
was allowing Agent P to have 200 and something freaking receiving yards oh, as yeah. a tight end. Push carry right. off when he went off. Yeah, that's that's where they lost this game was not able to contain all the, the weapons or minimize some of those weapons. And Agent P just went off and had a, himself a career game. Um, probably offensive player of the week. Yeah, I, I, I voted. I voted for him just because you know, for a tight end to put it that kind of performance is just you know you don't you don't see that very often in this league, and I mean we've had some some great tight ends. Yeah. In this league, we still we have some great tight ends in this league right now that have probably. I'd say 95% of them never had a game like that. Yeah. I mean, he... But, again, that's Tom. And Tom's going to find... Tom's, he's going to find that thing that gives him that mismatch, that gives him that advantage. And if feeding it to the tight end is, what, is what's going to do it, then that's what he's going to do. Yeah. My, my biggest takeaway from this, and it was a great game, an offensive, you know... Showcasing, yeah. Also showcase that no I think, yeah. Both of these teams have a lot of holes on the defensive side of the ball, and and I think a lot of teams took notice of that. Yeah, you're talking 122 points in this game. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of teams also took notice of the fact that. Both of these teams, Pitt and Florida State, they have they have some holes and some weaknesses to address on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah. offensively, they they're firing on all cylinders. Both of them. I mean, Florida State's have back to back weeks of what fifty plus fucking point games. Yeah, that's a uh, that's hard to do in this league against you know a good level of competition. You got guys who play MAC teams that didn't put. 63 fucking points on the board. Yeah. Well, both teams. I mean, you look at Florida State, uh, they're at 115 points on the season. And then Pitt's sitting at 110 points on the season. Both of them have done really good job, um, a phenomenal job offensively. But when we look at the defensive side of things, uh, Florida State's given up 108, um, whereas Pitt's given up 76 points. Um so it's great that you're putting 115 points up in two games, but as Florida State's also given up 108 points in two games. That's an average of 54 points per game defensively, um, which it probably has them near near the bottom. Um, uh, well, only one team has uh, given up more points, and that's BGSU with 109, and then Toledo right after them with 102. Um, so, yeah, Florida State has some holes to fill on the defensive side. I think Tom recognizes that. He's going to obviously make the changes he needs to. Um, but, you know, Pitt, I think, has done, for the most part, a really good job of, I mean, giving up 76 points. Well, 63 of them came in this game. So that means they only gave up what, 13 points in the in the previous game. Um, so... Yeah, I think both these teams have some some holes to fill on the defensive side, but it was a great game. Yeah, and I well, and I think Pitt played what Toledo. Yeah, I think something like that. 
And I mean, you're talking about the third, the third worst defense in the league. So, yeah. Well, are they third worst because uh, of competition? Well, league? third, third worst as of right now, as far as uh, points, points allowed. allowed. Yeah. Moving on to Thursday's game, she had to kick us off was Ohio at Clemson. Clemson takes this game by a 21-point lead, 38-17. to 17. Um, I was actually a little surprised that Ohio uh, played as well as they did against Clemson. Um, I really thought Clemson would, would perform a little bit better than what they did. But on the same token, they won the game by 21 points. It wasn't, it's not a blowout like Marcy rule, but 21 points is a lot of points in the, in, in the CFSL. Yeah, it is against another P2 team, but you're talking about an Ohio team that got shut out the week before. So by Ohio state. So, uh, I don't know. Loki's Loki's got some things to 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 figure out there at Clemson because this was another team that that we thought would take take a another step forward going into this season, and we haven't really seen that step forward. It's it it it's got remnants of the same Clemson that we saw last season. Yeah. Now we talked about Ohio State, but you know, Ohio State and Oklahoma played. Oklahoma walks away with this one, forty-two to thirty. When we talked about Ohio State. They beat Ohio. They shut them out. Had a really good game. They played a competent game against a competent opponent this week. Yeah, you walk away with the loss, but this—if you look at Ohio State last season to this oh, yeah. season. Huge improvements. Oh, absolutely. It, Huge strides being. And, and I mean, if we were going based off Ohio State last season, I would have picked Ohio to beat Ohio State. Um, this season, you know, last week. This season, that's not the case. You know, Ohio State has really stepped it up this season. I'm super happy with what they're doing at their program. They're making it competitive, even in these kinds of losses where you lose by 12 points. This was a super competitive game um, that I think Ohio State could have won, uh, if not for a few few errors here and there um, on both sides of the ball. What do you think? I agree. Um, Ohio State has made a, a a step forward this season compared to last season. I don't know that I think that they're back to where they were a few seasons ago where they were making it to conference championships and and things like that. But as far as what where they were last season and, and how they're looking this season, there are definite improvements and you know you played a good an Oklahoma team that has a lot of talent yeah had a stellar just, recruiting class yeah awesome recruiting class they're just it's a new AD with a new school with new players 
trying to figure out what what works best for his personnel. And so far, he's done a decent job. You know, they when they played Florida, it was looking like that game was going to be a mercy in, by the third quarter. Yeah. And they came out in the second half and, and played a really solid football game and, and made that game a lot closer on the score than it than it was during the entire game. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just think the talent overwhelmed Ohio State on this one, but they will have a much better season than they had last season. Yeah. Well, you look at Oklahoma, and they, they had no mistakes offensively as far as turnovers. Ohio State had the one fumble. Um and I, it's hard to say that's the that's the difference maker because on that drive, had you gone and scored a touchdown, what's the point swing on that? Um, does it still end 42-37? Or, you know, really how does that, that really affect it? Um, but we've talked about momentum killers, right? And that's a momentum killer. Yeah. That's a momentum swinger. Something that... Maybe in the game at that point, I you know I'd have to go back and rewatch it to see what the score was and things like that at that point in the game. But that might have been the point where the momentum just shifted to Oklahoma. Um, moving on to the next game, Notre Dame at Oregon, and I got it 51-34, 17 point win for Notre Dame. But Oregon has actually looked really good. I'll say Oregon has looked improved. I won't say they look really good, but they've looked improved from last season. They played a really tough game against EMU and lost in week one. They played a really good Notre Dame team and hung in there, was able to put 34 points up. Yeah. That's huge for Oregon. Even if even when you lose this game, you gotta find the good the good in your losses. What did we do right and what did we do wrong? I think offensively what they did was right. They just need to tweak their defense, not yeah. give up fifty one points. Yeah, yeah. Offense wasn't the issue in this game. I mean they both Notre Dame had seventy seven plays, Oregon had seventy three plays. Yeah. I mean, they passed for five hundred and two yards. Ran for 25. I mean, they were 60 yards shy of of what Notre Dame got overall yeah. offense. So, I mean, yeah. You, considering the way you were getting worked last, last season, season yeah. for Oregon, that, yeah, you definitely got some got some things to to build upon and 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 use to help motivate that locker room. You know, you're you're showing progress, and when when you when your players see that you are progressing, it 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 helps motivate them. And you know, maybe maybe those guys hit the gym and they start packing up and and that, and that's that's the kind of game games that they're gonna need to get that kind of. Uh, spirit in their locker room yeah my two takeaways for this one if Oregon had done a better job in these two areas I think it would have been a, a, a different ball game one is Oregon 
really didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Notre Dame. I mean, they didn't sack the quarterback at all, whereas Notre Dame was able to sack uh, Oregon's quarterback eight times. And then the red zone efficiency for, for Notre Dame, five for five. Five touchdowns and five red zone trips. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you've got to stop at least two of those. And if you do, this isn't a 17-point loss. This is now an 11-point or potentially even a 4-point loss yeah. um, for Oregon. So I, I think if they clean up, if they can do a better job of getting pressure defensively um, and, and force some turnovers or force some sacks, um, Oregon would have looked a little bit more competent in this game. But I got to give credit to Oregon. They played a great game, even in the 17-point loss. Much, much improved from last season. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, and I think that their defensive game plan it was more concerned with the pass and 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 having players deep and and protecting against against the pass. And that's that's why you didn't see a lot of pressure on 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 the quarterback because they weren't doing a lot of blitzing. You know five six man they didn't load the box they they were they were rushing their their linemen and and a few times had linemen dropping back into coverage so i i don't think they they intended to come in and put a lot of pressure on the quarterback i don't think it was the game plan but i agree with what you said if if they take a couple of those red zone touchdowns and just limit them to field goals. Yeah. This is a lot closer game and could help swing motivation, you know, momentum, should I say momentum, on your side. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a touchdown deflates that that momentum. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, sometimes holding them doing that bend don't break defense and holding them in, into a field goal is, is huge momentum swing for your defense and your and your team as as a whole. So absolutely, uh, kudos to Oregon for a great game and kudos to Notre Dame for coming out with a with a good impressive win in that one. The next one, we're not going to talk a whole lot on Toledo at Kentucky. Kentucky walks away with another mercy rule, held Toledo to zero points, uh, fifty four nothing. Uh, Kentucky just looked impressive um, from opening kickoff to, to when it ended. Um, I, I just don't know what else to really say about that that game. No, there's not not a whole lot you can say. Kentucky came in with a far more dominant roster, and they just imposed their will on Toledo. And this game, <sighs> Toledo should count their blessings. There's a mercy rule. Because this game would have got way out of fucking hand. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, rolling into week two. Or excuse me. Week rolling three. into week three. Rolling out of week two. Yeah, rolling out of week two. And it's crazy <laughs> to be sitting here talking about week three already. I know. Um, we open up with Kentucky at Oklahoma State. And honestly, I got this game as a pick em. Um And that's pretty much all I'm going to say on this game. This, this game right here 
just from the Sims that I have, uh, I have seen the Sims that you know, the staff has ran. This is a potential game of the week game here. I mean, if if you're gonna sit down and, and watch a game this week, this this is gonna be one of them ones that should be at the top of your list because this is going to be a back and forth battle and I think it's going to surprise a lot of people to see that this game doesn't have have the scoring that you might you might think I yeah. I, I would not take the over in this game yeah. it's going to be a back and forth game with two defenses that that really show their resolve in the, in this game I'm 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 looking forward to this this matchup. I think it's going to be an amazing game. Yeah. Moving on to the next game, uh, Tuesday night or excuse me, Monday night, tomorrow night, Miami at Boise. So we get to see the blue turf, the Smurf turf. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an ugly turf. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Yeah. It's it's an ugly. It's nauseating. And I, I I prefer EMU or Coastal Carolina. Yeah, Coastal Carolina's teal field probably looks better than that blue. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. But and then they always wear the blue uniforms on it to to really throw. Yeah, the to, it's a cheaters. Yeah, to really mess your eyes up. And Bunch just, of cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know this this could be a really good game. Um, I got Miami winning this one. Uh, but I do, you know, you talked about it earlier where you want to see a little bit more out of Miami, um, and versus the level of competition that they're playing. This, this is the team that I think stacks well against Miami. Uh, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I, it's not that I... I need to see more from Miami. I've, I've seen all I need to see in fucking Miami. <laughs> I saw that shit firsthand. Um, the question, I guess, is can Boise bounce back from, from you know, their game against Oklahoma State and, and perform better against Miami than Oklahoma State did? I, I, I think that's the... Yeah, that's what I'm looking to see here. I don't really expect Boise to win this game, but at the same time, Boise's that team that they'll lose every game that you expect them to win, and be be the one team that can that can beat the team that looks like nobody else can beat. And mm -hmm. in, in just a fluke game, I, I've I've seen it happen. The hell, I've been on the receiving end of it. Yeah. But uh, I don't think Boise wins this game. I, I really honestly don't think Boise has a chance to win this game. I'm curious to see if Boise can at least keep it close and make it a game. Can they hang with Miami for all four quarters? Which, obviously, we weren't able to do. Yeah. Moving on to Tuesday night's games. Florida State at Notre Dame. I have this as a pick -em. Just because of what we talked about previously with Florida State's defense uh, being a little suspect right now, 
And if, does Tom make the necessary changes to control Notre Dame? Notre Dame's been on a roll uh, offensively, defensively. They've done a really good job. When you look at Notre Dame, 629 and a half yards per game. 95 total points um, offensively. Defensively, they give up a lot of yards, 506 per game. Um, but they've only given up 75 points. When you look at it, so it's a 20-point differential. Um, but when you compare that to Florida State's 595 yards and 108 points, this, this has the makings of really another another shootout another shootout just yeah. like the pit game absolutely um, man and this that it's really why i have this as a pick em. um and i think that's probably what sports books are going to have this one at is a pick em. what do you think adam yeah you got to set the over for like 88 for this yeah. game because it's just going to be another offensive showcase. You've got two teams playing each other that, I mean, a lot like the Florida State Pitt game, Notre Dame as well has, has some holes on that, on that defense. They have, they have some, some places on that defense that can be exposed. Yeah. But I think this is Florida State's toughest challenge so far this season mm-hmm. and like I said I I wouldn't be surprised to see 120 plus points scored in this game yeah it's going to be probably a really high scoring game um, next on YouTube is Clemson at Bowling Green and I think this is a game that Clemson sort of just has to dominate in order to I'm not saying we're back, but to, to really show the improvement that I think we're all looking at um, from them. I mean, you're talking Bowling Green. They've only given, they've only scored 20 points offensively. They averaged one of the worst in the league uh, at 307.5 yards per game. Um, I think there's only two teams that's worse than them, and that's Ohio and Toledo. So offensively they've got to figure out what's going on defensively just 589 bad. total defensive yards yeah, per game bad. 109 yards or 109 points um i mean they've given up the most points of any team in the, in the league uh now some of that could be because you know they played illinois and you know their week one opponent um but this is the game where I think that Clemson has to make a statement to even say, hey, we're improving. What are your thoughts? No, no, Clemson's, Clemson, with how, where, where they're sitting right now, in my opinion, and it, in my view, they have to come out and they have to make a dominating statement here they've they've got to they've got to beat bgsu and they've got to do it in in dominating fashion yeah to for me to even think about you know chalking that those first couple weeks up to 
you know, figuring things out and, you know, getting, getting your feet set under you and what, whatnot. This, if they come out and BGSU keeps this game close or even makes it look like they're in it. Yeah. That, that's, that's going to be tough for Clemson to overcome. It's going to be really tough for the morale in that locker room. I mean, this Clemson should win this, and they should win it big. Yeah. And they have to. Yeah. If they want to start turning this season around. Yeah, this, I got Clemson winning. This is where it starts. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, they should win in big fashion. Yeah. But I also believe they have to win in big fashion. Yeah. And then the last game on Tuesday night, NIU at Oklahoma. I have Oklahoma winning this. I think they figured things out um, a little bit clearer of a picture for them offensively and defensively. But they NIU's not an easy game. And like we've talked about it, they played a great game against Georgia. They played a, uh, a great game this past week. Um, you know... NIU is not a cupcake team. North Carolina, wasn't it? Yeah, they played North Carolina and, and put 21 points, 21 points up on that one. I mean. No, and, and this is another game where, all right, if NIU comes out and, and does with Oklahoma what they've done the first two two weeks, you know, you got to start saying is, is NIU the team that, that could – uh, challenge EMU for for the MAC because yeah. before the season started, it was everybody's opinion that hands down EMU was winning the MAC. Well, yeah, if NIU keeps playing like this against P three teams or P two teams, and then goes in and, and and runs through the MAC, I'd be damned if they're not even even if they don't win the MAC, if EMU wins the MAC. I don't know that I don't make my cast my vote for NIU to get the 16th spot because they've shown that they can hang with some some good programs. Yeah, and you've got a whole rest of the season to to dial it in even better, even more. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how EMU does against against another high high level roster. NIU, but yeah, or NIU. That's yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I got Oklahoma winning this one. Yes, I think so. I, I think they win by, you know, at least three scores. But if NIU can come out and put 21, 28 points up on Oklahoma, make this a two If they two, can keep two it a two-possession game, yeah. That's, that's fucking huge. huge. That would be really big for that program. Um, but, yeah, definitely a program that, that, that could be competing for – um, a back-to-back Mac Mac title. Yeah, absolutely. So. Alright, and moving on to Wednesday's games. Um, to kick us off, you got Alabama at Florida. Man, I got Florida winning this one and, and I really don't see it being overly a close game. Um, Alabama's just got 
I mean, after that Texas game, watching that game, they've got some holes. And with the wide receiver core that Florida has, you know, Tatum Washington and Cass, like Freddie Chin. Freddie Chin. Green Pitts, William Tree. I mean, they've they've got so many weapons off Tristan Haynes. Yeah, I mean, they just come at you from so many different angles. Like it's gonna be hard for Alabama defensively to 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 be in this game. Offensively, I think they can do well and they can put points on the board. But even then, Florida's got a stacked defense, and when you're looking at Florida defensively. Florida's only given up 351 and a half yards a game, one of the best in the league. And they've held their opponents to 45 points. Now, Florida doesn't go out there and score 60 points a game, but they're averaging like 30, what is it, 40, a little over 40 points per game at 40.5. And they're giving up a whopping less than 25 points a game. I mean, when you're outscoring your opponents by almost 20 points every single week. And you don't have to put 50, 60 points on yeah. the board. And I think that that's where um, Alabama's going to struggle is, is their defense isn't going to... I'm not going to say their defense isn't going to show up. I mean, every defense shows up, gets turnovers, gets sacks, just things like that, but I don't think it's going to be enough to beat Florida. What do you think? I think Florida's averaged over 50 a game. We've had two weeks. They scored 50-something week one against... 81 points. 50-something against Oklahoma, right? It's like 52 or Uh, something like that against Oklahoma. They scored 50-something this week. It's got to be a a better average than 40. But, I mean, regardless, like you said, their defense. 44 against uh, Oklahoma and 37 against uh, Michigan. So right at 42 points per game. All right. They scored more against Michigan. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, either way, this for Alabama, this is one of those games where if you don't like what everybody's been saying about about Alabama this season and and going into this season, well, this is a game where you can you can turn that around and start and start to, you know, prove some people wrong or open some people's eyes to a different perspective. If you can come in in this game and and hang with this Florida team, or 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 beat this Florida team. That that's going to be huge for you. I personally don't see it happening because I'm I am one of these people, and I mean it's 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 not a bash to Alabama or any or Tyree. Tyree's done a great job there at Alabama. I mean, he's had some really successful seasons, and and some great talent come come through there through Tuscaloosa there. I just, I don't think that this season, they're, they're what they've been. It's it's a lot like Michigan. You've had some great teams the last few seasons. Ike's done a great job in Michigan. It's just unfortunately, 
you don't have the same team you, you had. I, I got no doubt they'll get back there. But this this is a huge game for, for Alabama to 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 change some narrative in in, in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, we're not bashing Bama by any means, right? Um, we're, we're just giving our thoughts. but And, and I can see the, the, the other side of the coin here, right? Because if you go look, anybody can pull these numbers. Alabama's defense has only given up 343.5 yards per game. U.S. given up 351.5. So both have good defenses. It's just uh, when you look on the offensive side of the ball, Alabama's at 409 yards per game. Florida's at uh, you know almost 500 yards per game. Both of them, uh, I mean, if Alabama were to play themselves, they would they would lose 31-35 right now every single week. Um, where on the flip side of that, and, and uh, my old my old broadcast partner EJ used to point something out with with stats like this, and, and I think it rings true. Um, is even if your defense is giving up 343.5 yards per game, right? You, you would count that as a really good stat line. Um, top five in, in the league right now. But when you look at 343.5 yards per game and 35 points per game defensively given up, it's usually indicative that the offense isn't able to move the ball past the 50-yard line very efficiently. And so... The opponent has a very short field to work with every single week. Now, if if by chance they were giving up 343.5 yards per game and giving up, say, 20 points per game, it's a different story. Because now it's really not that they're giving up a bunch of points and they're giving up short fields. They're putting them deep and they're just not giving up the yards for teams to get those points. Um, but on the flip side, I think that in this situation with Alabama, one of the few teams that's at 400 or below yards per game offensively, I think it's that if they can't get the deep ball going, they can't move the ball. And so it's 40, you know, you only have to work, you know, your, your opponent only has a 40 yard field to go to get points on the board. Um, and I think that's the situation that Alabama's in. So if you go back and look at it and try and say, oh, you didn't dive into the numbers. No, we do. You've got mail. It's just this is this is that point where for Alabama, yeah, you have a really good defense. Or is it that you have a really good defense? Or is, you, is it that your defense, your opponent, excuse me, your opponent has a very short field to work with? Um, yeah, I mean, we did that a lot last season. We we played the field position game, and it, it, it worked to our benefit. Yep. I mean, we had several games where we barely broke 300 yards of offense, but we put 40 yeah. points on the board, you know, 40-plus points on the board. That's because we're starting at the 40, the 45 of, 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 the, of the opposing team, you know. That's when you have a short field to work with like that. It's hard and, to get yards. Yeah, yeah. And you're busting, you know, touchdowns out of, you know, two, three, four plays, and, and you're in the end zone. You're you're not you're not getting a lot of yards, but you're you're, you're getting big. Your points are going up, so that 
when you look at that and you start saying, all right, well, what's the average per, per drive and, you know, how many scores per plays and things like that, you realize that the, the yardage doesn't, doesn't add up to the points. And it's because they, you're either starting a really good field position or you're the opposite and you're starting a really bad field position. You get into the red zone and you just can't score. So you're putting yeah. up 500 and 600 yards a game, but you're only putting up 30, 35 points a game. Yeah. Nah, and it works both ways, absolutely. You know, we move on to the next game, uh, or simultaneous game, and that's West Virginia at Ohio. This one I have, man, it's so hard. Um, I want to say West Virginia wins this, and that's probably going to be the team I end up selecting in this one when it comes down to my, my pickums. Um, mostly for the fact that Ohio's had a really hard time offensively um, they struggle on the offensive side of the ball. When you look at Ohio, they're only averaging 246 yards a game. They've put 17 points up on the season, so they're averaging 8.5 points per game. Um, defensively, they're 412 yards per game and 72 points given up. Um, West Virginia, on the other hand, is sitting here at, um, if I can find them with my handwriting, um, Offensively, West Virginia is 386 yards per game and 38 points per game. So 19 or 38 points, so 19, 19 points per game. This is a, a a battle of two offenses that need one of them needs to find their identity and they need to find it in this game quickly um, because both of them are going to give up yards. When you're talking 412 yards uh, per game uh, for Ohio. And 445 and a half yards per game for West Virginia. One of these teams has to find their offensive identity, and they need to find it in this game quickly. What do you think, Adam? Well, I, I think Ohio has already started to make a little progress from week one. They, I mean, they, they played a really good game against Clemson, and 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 only lost that by what 21 points. I mean. So if they can continue that progression and figuring things out, then this this could be a trap game for West Virginia if West Virginia continues to play the way they played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and um, it, it's 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 the onus is on Murph to try and figure out you know what's what's going on and how, and how to turn it around. Because Ohio, they they seem to be starting to figure that out, at least based you know on the jump that they made from week one to week two. I mean, huge huge jump there, yeah. For them to go being shut out by Ohio State to put seventeen to, to put seventeen points on the board, and 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 they they held Ohio State to only thirty four points. So I mean. Yeah. Ohio has shown that they can play defense. It's just, it's going to, I think the, this game boils down to what kind of adjustments have West Virginia made? Have they figured it out or are they still the team that we saw in week one and week two? Yeah. Moving on to the next game and that's going to be on the uh, Twitch 
Michigan at Texas. And this one was this was another hard one to pick, and, and I ended up going with Texas. Um, just because when you look at Texas, 494.5 yards per game, 84 points. So they're averaging 42 points per game. Defensively, 292 yards per game is what Texas has given up. Their defense has really shown up and showed out this season. Now, you know, we talked about, like, the Bama, the difference between the yards and the uh, points allowed. Here's where you know it's not just a field, a short field position. Texas has given up 292 yards a game. They've only given up 20 points per game. That means their defense is coming out. Yeah, you might get, you might get a first down or two. Might take this drive for 40 yards. And then it's an interception. It's a forced fumble. It's a turnover on downs. It's a punt. It's something to get their defense off the field. And I think that's where the mismatch is going to be. Because when you look at Michigan on the flip side, Michigan's defense is giving up 510 yards per game. And they're, they've given up almost 45 points per game. Um, you can't do that to a team that's averaging 500 yards per game. And that's averaging almost 40 points, 42 points a game. You've got to shut Texas's defense down. And you've got to exploit mismatches if you're Michigan. But I got Texas winning this. What do you think, Adam? Well, I agree. I think I... Um... Actually, I know I went with Texas in my pick'em, my weekly pick'em. To me, the difference in this game is it's the defense of Texas. Michigan, they like to get into shootouts, and they like to put up and try and put more points on the board than their opponent. And, and, and they have a good offense, and, and they do they do put points up, and they do run with it. But I, I think that this Texas defense makes it to where Texas puts up more points than Michigan does. Texas's defense gets more stops yeah. than the Michigan defense does. So Michigan is going to have to find a way to create turnovers and things like that on the defensive side of the ball to keep themselves in it. I, it's not that I don't think they can't stay in it, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I I do, I do see Texas taking this game because the defense creates a few more plays than Michigan's defense does. Yeah, I, I think Michigan, the keys to the kingdom for Michigan this week are going to be Michigan has to find ways to sustain their drives. When it comes down to third down and six, third down and two, can Michigan execute and pick up that first down? Because we really haven't seen what Texas's defense looks like when they're on the field extended amount of times uh, throughout the game and then it comes into the fourth quarter um, they haven't been tested that that way yet and that's sort of Michigan's bread and butter 
um, last season, the season before, and I'm sure that that's just Ike's mentality is we're going to grind you down. Can Texas defense hold up against that kind of mindset? Um, yeah, they need to, they need to put they need to put uh, they need to apply a lot of pressure to Avery Ware. Yeah, force him to make some mistakes. Yeah. Moving on to the last game of the, uh, Wednesday night, and that's Pitt at Toledo. I've got Pitt winning this one, and I got Pitt winning this one big. Yeah. Pitt has changed the course of that program. Base has done a phenomenal job this season. This is the and of the you know when we talk about Pitt, West Virginia, North Carolina, um, Clemson, Ohio State teams that were barely either barely missing the playoffs or missing the playoffs um, last season, or they barely made it into the playoffs. Pitt has had the most turnaround as far as success goes from last season to this season. I mean, Pitt has done a phenomenal job um, on both sides of the ball, really. When you look at it, 595 yards per game. They've, they've uh, offensively, 110 points. You're talking 55 points per game. Defensively, they give up a lot of yards, but they have a bend-don't-break sort of mindset on their defense. 539.5 yards per game. That's a lot to give up. But they've only given up 76 points. So a little over 37, 30, a third, what's that, 38 points per game? Mm-hmm. Whereas Toledo, Toledo struggles offensively. 192 yards per game. The only team in the league under 200 yards per game and they've only scored 10 points on the season so they're averaging five points per game they give up 552 yards per game and they've given up 102 uh, 102 points um so far toledo toledo it's not your season it is what it is pitt wins this one and pitt wins this one big yeah i i agree uh pitt Pitt is one of one of those teams in that group of four or five teams that we talked about for the last couple of seasons that their ADs starting to get the pieces in there and this and that. And then last season we were talking about, you know, all right, now these teams can make that next step next season. And, and I look for these teams to be playoff teams and, and contenders and teams you don't want to see on your schedule. Well, it seems like Pitt – and, and Illinois seem yeah. to be the only two teams out of those five or six teams that we talked about. And I don't want to throw the other names out there just because, you know, we're not trying to criticize or bash anybody or anything like that. But Pitt and Illinois seem like the only teams that have taken that next step. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about two teams that I've – I will be flabbergasted if they do not make it to into the playoffs this season. I I don't see a world where that doesn't happen. So and Toledo just it's they're rebuilding. They lost a lot when when Vinny left. Yeah, and he took a lot with him when he left. So it's 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 just a hard road to hoe right now for that head coach of Toledo trying to basically rebuild that program. Yeah. So this this game's going to get out of hand and it's going to get out of hand fast. 
Yeah, I think pick comes out and it's just. Uh, yeah, that's it. And and you're playing them after a, a close loss loss to Florida State against his 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 mentor his his Jedi Master Tom. So yeah, this is just gonna, it's going to be a bad day to be in that Toledo locker room. Yeah. Moving on to Thursday's game, kicking us off North Carolina at Auburn. Now, this is a game that I, I could see being a pick em. I personally, I, I think North Carolina edges this one out um, in a very close close game. Um, when we're looking at and we're comparing these two programs, uh, UNC's given up 89 points, or excuse me, has um, put on the board 89 points. Auburn, 102 points. Auburn's offense clicks. Their defense, 512 yards per game. 55 points given up. Now, that's impressive. 55, when you're giving up 512 yards per game, but you're only giving up 26 points per game. Or 27 and a half points per game. Uh, you're... It's a bend don't break defense yeah. mentality. When we get to the red zone, yeah, you can have 80-yard 80, 80 drives, but once we get into the red zone, we're shutting you down. I think that's where West Virginia can capitalize because they West Virginia are in West Virginia. UNC. UNC can capitalize because here's the thing about UNC. 494.5 yards per game, 89 points scored. UNC's defense doesn't give up as many yards and they don't give up as many actually they're about on, on point with Auburn as far as points given up so this is going to be a testament to can UNC capitalize in the red zone because they're going to be able to get their yards they're going to be able to get into the red zone it's does Auburn's bend don't break mentality continue um, I think this is a game that could go either way. I just I'm siding with UNC on this one. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I I, I think UNC is too much for Auburn in this game. I I think UNC takes it. I think that it, this is a two possession game here. Uh, Auburn, just from what I've seen in the last two weeks, all the numbers aside, from what I've seen from each of these teams. And the level of competition that they've played, and the way they performed, I, I just, I think, I think North Carolina gets the nod on this one, and I don't think it's a super close game. Like I said, I, I think it's a, it's a ten to fourteen point game. I got this by, I'd say a possession. I think this is going to come down to a three point seven point game. Uh, moving on to the next game, EMU at Ohio State. Now, EMU has already pulled off one upset this season. They almost pulled off a second one with uh, beating Auburn. Do they get a Do they get a second upset this this week? I'm still a little leery on Ohio State, and I think a lot of that plays on to, to how they were last season. But this is going to be a test for Ohio State. Now, if and I say that because 
if they pass this test, I think we're, we're now looking at Ohio State in a different light, right? Because EMU's arguably probably the number one team, if not number two team in the MAC right now. And if they can dominate, even if it's a 14 or 21 point win, I think that moves Ohio State into that next bracket um, from last season to this season. What, what's your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still a little weary and cautious of Ohio State, but I'm going to go by what I've seen from them so far this season. And based on that, I, I don't think EMU gets the upset. But this isn't a blowout game here. This, I think this game's closer than, than a lot of people might think. I don't, I don't see Ohio State just walking away with this one. Yeah, and, and I did pick EMU in this one. Um, one, because I like upsets and chaos. Um, but two, just the matchup between these two programs. I think that um, if Ohio State wins this, it's going to come down to depth. Um, and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, this game comes down to the fourth quarter, regardless. But my question is, can EMU put up enough points in that first half to put the, not to say put the game away, but put them in, in a position where they, they can sort of coast in the second half and not have to worry about whether uh, Ohio State's going to put up 16 unanswered and still win. Um, moving on to the next one. Now, this is a game I have circled because this is a game that can tell us so much about both of these programs. Um, Illinois has already looked really good. Georgia um, seems like they may have taken a step back from last season, but I think this is this is a game that has the makings for game of the week. Um, Georgia at Illinois. Can Illinois continue their dominance um, offensively? Um, or does Georgia's defense become too much to handle? And so when we're looking at just the numbers of things, right? And I'm just going to talk about Illinois' offense versus Georgia's defense because I think that's where the matchup is. Um, Illinois is 604 yards per game. 108.4 they are four fifth, fifth in the league in points per game. Georgia defense, 469.5 yards per game. And they've only given up, or two, yeah, um, they've only given up 66 points. Does Georgia's defense slow Illinois' offense down? Adam. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I, I, I'm not under the, the uh, <clears throat> premise that Georgia has taken a step back. Because honestly, they, I, I don't think they were that great last season. I mean, it, what they lost four of the last five. Four of the last five, or yeah, because they went four and four last season. Yeah. So, I mean... They lost four straight. Four straight. I mean, so I, I don't think Georgia was that great last season. They had a good team. 
I, I think they're they're a little better on the offensive side. I think they they took a little bit of a step back on the defensive side just because you know Kirby Sierra was a was a huge yeah. part of that defense and and a talent like that is so hard to replace. But I think that this game ends up being a lot closer than a lot of people think. Illinois has a very talented squad. They can put points on the board. Their defense shows up when when they need it. But I don't know. I, I, th I think I'm going to go with Georgia in this one. Okay. In a really close fought battle. Yeah, I got Illinois in this one. Last game, Kent State at Oregon. I'm gonna talk about both the both of these teams because on paper they are so close. So when we talk about Oregon, 400 offensively, 443.5 yards per game, and they scored 58 points. Kent State, 455 yards per game. They've scored 48 points. Fairly similar offenses. Now let's go at the defense. Oregon's given up 549 yards per game and 78 points. Kent State, 582.5 yards per game and they've given up 86 points. Like these two teams are within 50 yards, 60 yards on each side of the ball. They're within like 10 or 15 points of each other on each side of the ball. Like on paper, this is a really good game. And I honestly, I think there are some, maybe some YouTube games that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Twitch games that um, this could have easily have over, overpowered because of how how competitive both these programs or how how these two programs compare to one another. I think this 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 could potentially spell upset um, for Oregon. I like Oregon in this one. I like what Oregon's done um, this season. They, they, they look like they've taken a step forward um, compared to last season where they they only won what, one, one game, Oregon did, last season. And, and I think that this, this is a week that they can come out and say, hey, we did better last season. We won two games at, at a minimum this season. I think this is... For Oregon, this is such a huge game, really Absolutely. for both these programs. I think for Oregon, this is such a huge game because the, they can leave that one-win season behind them and say, "Hey, we're a different. We're a different ball club here uh, than we were last season." But then on the flip side, this is a huge game for Kent State because they have an opportunity to knock off a P2 program that they're relatively close to. Uh, talent, probably talent-wise, um, and, and how statistically, statistically speaking, these two teams compare really well with each other. What are your thoughts, Adam? No, I I agree. I think I think the edge goes to Oregon, and I, I think this is this is going to be a a close-fought game, and I mean Kent, Kent will hang around. Which, you know, is that's still something positive to build upon when you're a Mac school and you can hang around with a P2 school. Yeah. 
I, I don't think this is a blowout. I don't think Oregon walks away with this, but Oregon needs needs this win to help set in the minds of the viewers and the rest of the league that, like you said, this isn't the same team as last season. Are we a championship caliber team? No. Are we improving? Are we building something here? Yes. Yeah. And that's that's going to be huge for Convict and 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 the rest of those Ducks. Yeah. Now, I mean, Oregon's zero and two walking into this week, but this is a game that, I mean, if they win this, they'll they'll tie that last season's record. But it really gives them a setup to. Um, I think that some of the games that Oregon has later in the season are more favorable for them. Um, I'd have to go back and check their schedule. But, I mean, when you're talking, I mean, only can see Kent State this week. So, um, I'd have to go back and look at Oregon's schedule for the rest of the season. But this could be a building point for Oregon uh, to win another game this season. So, uh, it's huge for both programs um, because – if Oregon loses this and goes zero and three, yeah, that's that's. Are they on pace to 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 do what they did last season? And I think that's that's why this is such a critical game for Oregon. I got Oregon squeaking this one out in a very close fought game, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anything? Anything for the uh, the group, Adam? No, I, I, I think, you know, we've, we've covered everything pretty well. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, good to have a podcast where we're, you know, we're not here for four hours, three and a half, four hours. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think we did a good job of covering everything. You know, we've, we've given our, at least our opinions and our take on things and that's that's basically all this is you know we present statistical you know facts and things like that when it comes to PRI and thing and whatnot but for the most part you know we're, we're just giving our opinions based on, on what we've seen and, and what the numbers say so I think we've done a pretty good job of that I think we I think we're pretty accurate with a lot of with a lot of our picks we disagreed on a few yeah. of them but um that's 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 what you do. Yeah. Sometimes you go for that team that nobody else is really count counting to be in it. And I think there's a few there's a few of those games this week that we could see yeah. some upsets. Oh yeah. Nah, absolutely. I'm super excited to see this week of play because there's some really good matchups. Oh yeah. Adam's ready to get this podcast wrapped up so he can go eat his port steaks that he's got on the grill. Um. So, we're going to wrap this up so he can go do that and enjoy his delicious dinner. Um, Thank you for tuning in, CFSL, to the brother Sim. Greatly appreciate you giving us a listen. Hopefully, this one's a little bit shorter for some of y'all that uh, can't listen to four-hour podcasts and can only listen to like an hour, hour and a half, because that's what this is going to be, about an hour and a half long. Um, Please like, subscribe, follow, whatever button's down there at the bottom of this. Uh, Leave a comment. With your thoughts of this week's uh, podcast, tell us if we're if we're off on a team or if we're off on on a pick or something like that. Give us your feedback, 
And we look forward to seeing y'all Monday night, tomorrow night, when we tick off with the Inside Blitz. Thank you so much, and y'all have a wonderful evening.